On this episode of Mike Coscarelli Rules, is Naomi Osaka blazing a trail for mental health awareness in sports? Is Trey Young the villain that New York City needs? And comedian and podcaster Dylan Palladino joins me to execute the most handsome podcast in the history of podcasts. That's a tease. And this is Mike Coscarelli Rules. He is so cute. (laughs) Mike Coscarelli. Mike Coscarelli. (laughs) Mike Coscarelli is here as well. He's the producer for this failing fucking radio show. A big hand for Mike something Italian. Oh, one take on the tease. Welcome to the show, everybody. My name is Mike Coscarelli. They call me One Take Mike around here because I do it in one take. Ain't nobody better in the business than me. Although, uh, there are people better in this business about getting their podcast out consistently, uh, which I apologize for. We kind of took the week off last week. Um, uh, Ronnie was out of town. Ronnie's also started this new job. She's working at, uh, I don't know if I should fully say this, but she's working at a restaurant in New York City. Uh, a kind of a ritzy restaurant. She's a hostess now. She's got a, you know, believe it or not, she can't fully live off of the 150 a week that I pay her to produce this podcast. But, uh, you know, understandably, she's got to go out and get, um, you know, a better job to pay the bills. To, you know, post-pandemic, I understand. But, um, and then I've had a lot of stuff going on. There's just been like a lot of, we're, we're going to get to that eventually. There's a big reveal coming about why I've been such a shithead um, regarding the release of this podcast and the production of this podcast. Because we started off at such a great pace doing such high level work and we're still doing high level work, but you know, now you get it once every like week and a half, but uh, we're going to start tightening up, tightening up the ship. And I know that I keep saying that, but it's definitely going to happen. Uh, there is order is coming. It, it, order has been restored. And that's, that's all I'm going to say for now. But eventually, I'll, I'll give you guys a little more insight on uh, what happened um, that sort of derailed us a little bit. But this week's episode is a lot of fun. I have a great guest, an old friend of mine from doing stand-up comedy. Uh, he's also a podcaster. He's got a, a podcast called We're All Psychos that he hosts with his cousin. Um, uh, that doesn't sound as appealing as you would think. <laughs> There's this guy. He's got this podcast. He hosts it with his cousin. But it's good. Uh, he's really great. He's a great podcaster. Very funny guy. Also just very charming and nice. A guy that you really want to root for, even though you wouldn't think, because he's like 6'5 or something. He's fucking tall and super handsome. Um, can I say more handsome than me? It kind of kills me. We have different specs. I'll just say it like that. He, you know, there's a, there's definitely a Dylan Palladino type out there. There's there's women who would prefer a guy who's you know very lean and and over six foot um, with a uh, fucking beautiful jawline to a guy who's a little more you know five uh, ten weightlifter's chest and um, you know sparkling personality that would be me. Uh, <laughs> I can understand the difference, but Dylan is great and, and we have a lot of fun. This ended up being a long segment, but um, we do a lot of fun stuff, including having a conversation about um, things we might not do post-pandemic that we used to do pre-pandemic. Um, uh, I think that that's a conversation that we've we've kind of needed to have for a while. Like, do we go back to letting our kids play in ball pits? I don't think so. I think, I mean, that was gross to begin with, but now you really start thinking about germs um, in ways that you kind of didn't think about them before this, this pandemic. And uh, so we have that conversation. And then since all these girls that I know love Dylan so much and, and say that he's just the most handsome guy around and, and 
Um, it's kind of embarrassing when I ask somebody to leave a podcast review and they're like, do you know Dylan Palladino? He's so hot. So we did a little game called date Dylan Palladino where, uh, ladies, if you're a listener, you know, if you're listening to this episode because of Dylan, you're going to find out all the inner workings of Dylan Palladino and whether or not he's worth your time, um, in the dating world. So, um, plenty of fun stuff with him. That's coming up later. A couple things that I wanted to talk about before we got to Dylan, Uh, And they're sports related. Sorry, ladies. They're not sports related. We're not going to talk about numbers here. We're not talking about like points per game or RBIs or home runs or, you know, whatever. But uh, there's some general things happening in the culture of sports right now. Sports obviously is pop culture. It affects the way we live our lives. For one, Naomi Osaka has pulled out of the French Open. Um, she was fined, uh, I think it was $15,000 for not speaking to the press. Um, and then they threatened her with more action. Um, uh, perhaps a suspension from the French open. She just said, fuck you tennis. I'm pulling out, uh, and I'm not worried about it. Um, this is a very important moment. This doesn't happen very often. Um, with these leagues, part of the, cause French is, uh, French, the tennis is a little different than say the NBA or the MLB leagues like that really need their players to be accessible. And it's kind of part of the deal as an athlete, you know, LeBron James is, you know, he does everything he can to kind of control his own narrative. He has, has his own production company. He's got his HBO show where he kind of gets his, his, um, he has a platform where he can talk about things the way he wants to. All that's great. But at the end of the day, the NBA at this point really is a partner for LeBron James. He's got to go and sit in front of the press and answer questions and talk about the playoff game that win or lose, he's kind of got to be there. That's the way it is. Uh, these leagues thrive on accessibility. So it is a bad look for tennis because if Naomi is saying, fuck you, uh, I'm not talking to the press because I need to manage my anxiety. Um, From what I've read, the issue was that she gets anxious talking about the talking to the press, um, especially when they're kind of asking her tough questions. I mean, that's sort of a no brainer. But she has this issue. I, I, I suppose the French Open is played on clay and she is historically not as good on clay. Now, she is um arguably i mean she's the best tennis player in the world right now female tennis player in the world and she is a star she's young as hell i don't even think she's 21 yet um she's also mixed race which is sort of you know uh important right now to to, to sort of being a cultural icon because that that's kind of where the culture has gone at the it is an important thing i think it's harder to be a uh, a lily white um, cultural icon right now. It's just not where the the culture is at. It's not something that they value. Uh, whiteness is not something that we're as a society uh, valuing. At least the the kids coming up. Um, it's all about diversity. This is this is other than the Williams sisters. I mean, she's the only person of color in tennis that I can remember uh, who has been dominant like this and been a public figure. So. Her taking the step back uh, to mind her own mental awareness and kind of not keep pushing the throttle when she doesn't feel right. I really commend her for that. Um, I was reading in some of these articles that through her endorsement, she also got $55 million this year. So if I was Naomi Osaka and they tried to find me 50 or they did find me 15 K and then demanded that I show up to the podium and I had the type of power that she did, because social media exists, she can speak to people directly. She does not need the press, uh, tennis's press corps, um, to give her a platform. She has her own platform. She does not need these these tennis writers, these sports writers. 
I commend her. I would have done the same thing. You put $55 million in my pocket this year. You might never see me again. I, this podcast, it's, it's, uh, <laughs> this would be done. I mean, like I, I wouldn't, I had 55 million. I I would never see me again. I'd put half of it in the stocks, uh, blue chip stocks, be buying Shopify right now. I'd be buying Disney uh, and I'd be buying Apple, uh, and a couple index funds. And I'd be chilling on the fucking, you know, if I was her, I'd be in Italy, just like uh, getting fat. I, that's what I would do. 55 million? Are you kidding me? I'll never make that much money in my life. The fact that she made it this year, she's not even 21 yet. Um, so you have security in that aspect. Now, she's an amazing tennis player, and I'm sure there's an ego involved with her wanting to continue to be the best tennis player in the world. But this is becoming the cultural shift. This idea that I am not feeling my best right now. I don't think it would be wise for me to just keep pushing it and pushing it and burning myself out. And if you don't understand this, if you don't want to do things to mind my mental health, because in her case, she is the star. I understand tennis taking the stance that not one person is bigger than the game. You have to believe that if you're tennis, you need some sort of authority over these players to keep them doing what you need them to do. I mean, you want to grow the sport of tennis. If you're the federation leader or whatever, I don't even know what the commissioner is called in tennis. Who the fuck cares? It's tennis. You want that. You want these people to just be in, you know, in step with you and, and sort of part of the cause. And for her to say, you know, I feel you, but, Sorry, I'm the star. 55 million in my pocket. I don't need you. Take your 15K. Fuck off. I'm going to sit this one out. See if your ratings plunge. I mean, in some ways, this is kind of good. People are talking about tennis. I don't know that it's a great look for tennis specifically, but this is the shift. And I think this shift has to come not only in sports. You know, Naomi Osaka, greatest tennis player in the world right now. She has a bit more of a, a, a leeway to say, fuck you, work. I'm not coming into work today. I'm not going to. Find me. Suspend me. Fire me. Whatever you want. I don't care. $55 million in my pocket. I keep coming back to that because <laughs> it is important. It's a little easier to say it uh, to a boss when you're sitting on that much money than it is if you're you know, kind of like a middle class person working at a job. To just say, all right, you know, I just went through a divorce. I just went through whatever. I, I feel anxious right now and... and I shouldn't push it. A lot of times your boss is going to say like, well, try to take it easy, but we need you. We need you to do X, Y, Z. And I get it. It's this, this is where the culture shift is coming in. As capitalists in our society, uh, you're kind of raised to just put your head down and work through it. But then eventually the burnout hits you. And when it hits you, you bottom out. And if I'm Naomi Osaka, it's pretty important for me to, I mean, it's, it's important for anybody to not bottom out, but all of a sudden, I mean, you see this with athletes all the time. There's mental health stuff that's not fully talked about. They're starting to have these conversations now and these people lose it. I don't mean lose it, like go crazy, but it affects the way you play. It affects the way your, your life is lived. And all of those things matter. You can't, you know, basketball players and tennis players, they're not just what you see on the court. They have lives too. And just the way that you fuck up at work sometimes when, when your head's not straight because somebody in your family is sick or somebody, you know, something happened to you, you just broke up with somebody. Um, you know, maybe there is a, a, who knows what's going on in your life. That happens to athletes too. Um, so I do commend her 
for doing this. I think that this is an important moment. It's also it also matters that it's a woman doing this because usually women just traditionally have had to say uh, I don't have any of the options here. Uh, female sports traditionally have not been as viewed as high. They don't make as much money usually unless it's like Serena Williams or Naomi in this case. Um, so her leveraging this um, this power against tennis, I really honestly, I'm clapping it up. I think it's a great thing. And hopefully this is the start of a movement like this in America across all um, uh, career paths. I think it's important. Mental health days are important and, and it, you know, it shouldn't be taken lightly. Now, moving on to staying in the sports world. The Knicks are in the playoffs. If you don't know, I'm a huge Knicks fan. I'm a big basketball fan. I'm a uh, New York guy. And the Knicks have always been an important part of my life because when I was a kid, they were really good. Not as good as the Michael Jordan Bulls, so they never won any championships, which is a bummer. But they were always kick-ass. They were hard-nosed. They were the Knicks, you know? And they've sucked for the last 21 years or so. Maybe even, yeah, about 20 years. They've been bad. They've had a couple of seasons here and there with Carmelo Anthony where they've They've looked all right. They've made it to the playoffs. Uh, and then first round exits, you know. Um, but basketball is back at MSG. It's kind of great that it happened as we're pulling out of this pandemic because the seats, uh, the, the stadium is filled or close to filled um, by pandemic standards, which is great. And I don't know that it, w- it would have been weird to see the Madison Square Garden without fans in it for a big playoff game like this. And Trey Young, if you don't know, he's the point guard for the Atlanta Hawks. He's a 5'10", 170-pound little pest on the Hawks. He's really good. I hate to give him credit here, but he's really good. And he's lighting the Knicks up. And it's the first time there has been a New York sports villain in years. I would say this is the first legit New York sports villain probably since... Pedro Martinez and the Red Sox. I mean, throwing at the at the Yankees and, and pushing Don Zimmer to the ground. That was like the early 2000s, about 2003, 2004. All New York hated him. Trey Young, you've joined the ranks of New York sports villains, and I'm here for it, man. Man, do I sports hate you. I don't hope anything bad happens to you, but I just hope you you lose against the Knicks, but man, do I hate you. He's got a fucked up hairline. He's got this horrible kinky hair with a big bald spot on the back of it. He's very easy to hate and he talks so much shit. Problem is he's beating the Knicks. So, you know, he can talk shit, which is a bit of a bummer. But I'll tell you, man, you know, feeling as shitty as we've felt throughout this whole pandemic, it is nice to start seeing things like this come back to normal and to worry about hating a point guard on the Atlanta Hawks and not worrying about, you know, whether or not I'm losing my mind and whether or not the the pandemic is ever going to end. It just feels so nice. And I'm so glad to have uh, sports back. I'm going to the to the game tonight, actually, as you're hearing this um, uh, with my friend Corinne Fisher and Eric Aspera. Sports Corinne is back, baby. Uh, sports Corinne is a beautiful Corinne. Let me tell you, we went and watched the the game the other day, and she was wearing a a a, a New York Knicks uh, like faded New York Knicks shirt. She's like, I haven't had the opportunity to wear this in years because they've been bad for so long. But we're at a bar, like watching the game. It's great. It was an aspect of of Corinne Fisher that I didn't even really knew existed um, until just a few weeks ago. I had never known Sports Corinne existed, but fuck, she's back, and it's party time in New York City, baby. This is amazing. 
Uh, and I, I just couldn't be happier. They're going to lose tonight, I, I assume, and be out of the playoffs. So I guess it's over. But for this brief moment, um, it's just been such a blast to have the Knicks good again and to see the Garden alive. And it, it just feels it feels like something normal in New York City for the first time in a really long time. And I'm just thrilled about that. Also, worth mentioning, as I mentioned up top, one take Mike. There's going to be no edits on this intro that I just did. How about that? No fucking edits. God damn, I'm good. All right. We're going to get to Dylan in a second. But this is the last time you will hear from me before Dylan. So, listeners, please do everything that you're supposed to do. Go. Rate, review, and subscribe to the show. Give us a nice review. We would love that. Uh, me and Ronnie would love that. We're trying to get back on track here to give you the best content possible. Tell a friend. Put it on your Instagram stories. Uh, email the show, coscrules at gmail.com, C-O-S-C-R-U-L-E-S at gmail.com. You can find me on social media at Mike Coscarello. You can find Ronnie on social media at Ronnie Side. And you can find Dylan on social media at Dylan J. Palladino. Uh, he's coming up in just a second. And we'll see you on the other side. But if I don't talk to you before next week, have a good week. And then yeah. you put your you put your glasses on after you guys had sex, and then you put those glasses <laughs> on, and I'm like, well, now we and do you have the glasses on, Dylan? I air is I can't. Like not perfectly done, like a little bit to the side. Well, that's in. by design. I've gotten this down to a science where it's like uh, <laughs> I have it kind of looking a little really? like bedheady. Yeah. yeah, but you know, such I an mean... Italian thing, such an Italian <laughs> thing to have it where it's like you know perfectly how to make it look like that, but yeah. also it looks like you just—it's the just got out of bed look. Listen, man, years of experience yeah. have taught me that this is like the the better. It's people women are more receptive to this where they're just looking like, did he just fuck? Oh my god, he yeah, must be great. Saying. And like you've got five o'clock shadow, but then also a more defined my, the first ten minutes of this podcast are gonna be me trying to tell Mike that I wanna fuck him. Okay. okay so at least at least everyone knows that. That's what it's gonna be. But it's good. I appreciate it. I appreciate the, the time you've put in. I either shave my beard or just let it grow out. Yeah. All right. Well, listen, yeah. let me we, this is sort of this is going to be the first rolling start ever um, okay. of Mike Coscarelli rules in, in the Sorry, guest yeah, go segment. into it. My bad. No, my bad. it's go, OK. Go it. uh, and also, um, I wanted to let you know, too, if we go over the 45 minute mark, just uh-huh. uh, this will end. Just go into the link again if we if we happen to Copy. run over now, uh, we are back. Second segment here of Mike Coscarelli Rules. I'm joined by an old friend, somebody who I haven't seen in a while, who immediately, as you you heard at the the big the onset here, making me feel great right Sorry, away. That's right right out of the gate. That's um, the move. 
It really is. I mean, like, how can you be a better guest than just coming on the show and flattering me, telling me I look like I've constantly just had sex and (laughs) and that I look good? Um, If you're unfamiliar with The Voice, uh, this man, he's a stand-up comedian, he's an actor, he's a podcaster, he's host of the We're All Psychos podcast, and you can find him on Instagram, at Dylan J. Palladino. I'm joined now by Dylan J. Palladino. Thank you for being here, man. Hey, thank you, dude. Thanks for having me, bro. And I just just want to reiterate, you're fucking beautiful, okay? (laughs) You've got you've got hair that I wish I could have. Yeah. I'm I'm currently in the stages of um you know how they have like the uh what is it the five stages of grief? Mm-hmm. You know? And what it's dabda, right? Denial, anger, um bargaining, yeah. uh and then depression and then acceptance, right? Uh-huh. I'm in the dabda of my hair and I'm right <laughs> I'm right at acceptance. I think. I think I'm about to shave it off. Do you I've think been, it's it's going? I mean, it's 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 going. It's not. See, here's the thing. It's not horrible to where every time someone sees you, they go, "Jesus, bro." It's not the thing where like I leave and everyone goes, "Did you see Dylan's hair?" But yeah. it's it's bad enough to where I notice it. I feel it, and also like, dude, I've been I've been chasing not losing it for probably seven years, and I'm like kind of over it. Yeah. You know, I'm kind of over it. So I'm like, I, you know, I did the bargaining. I did the denial. Yeah. Okay. I got angry. I punched a couple holes in the wall, lost (laughs) the security deposits. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Pissed off some landlords. You could have just paid for transplants having not. hundred percent. Put a hole in your wall. Let's see the amount of money I paid for security deposits. I have like six K. Yeah. I could have actually had two transplants. (laughs) Let's be honest. I could have gone to Turkey twice. Yeah. Yeah. Two transplants. And, um, And now I'm I'm finally at the acceptance stage, you know. Yeah. Well, listen, you're uh, you're gonna love me because as you started off paying me compliments, we have I have a lot of compliments to get to you late for you later. You're gonna feel great great by the time this podcast is over, and we're we're slowly gonna ease into that. Um, Obviously, listen, man. Part of the appeal of having you on this show Mm -hmm. um, is, and not to toot my own horn here, but. This is one of the first times where I feel like I've had a guest on the show. Yes. Where the level of hotness, it's man to man, right now. Yeah. I've met my match. We've got some jaw lines here, dude. We really do. And I, I got so some jaw lines. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see us. I, I, the only, mm-hmm. we, Dylan has not been prepped for anything that we're about to do. All right. We have a couple have no fun idea things. What's about to happen? What was the only prep that I gave you, Dylan? Oh, you asked me if I was single. I asked you if you were single, but what was the other thing I said? Oh, yeah. You had me wear the tank. We're wearing tank tops tank because top, spring yes. is here yes, and it's baby. time to show off those, the guns. Look at those arms, bro. <laughs> look at those arms. We're both fucking. We're, yes. What are we curling here? Uh, yes, you got to be curling what? Like like at 45s? Least, at least 45s. Dude. Qu- kettlebells, baby. Kettlebells. You're fucking rock and rolling. Looking in the window. Don't have a mirror. Look yeah. in the window. See the reflection at night. Shades up. <laughs> In case people across want to see, okay, that's what you got to do. That's one hundred percent right. Beautiful is that my roommate is in the room right now. Yeah. Okay. My my (laughs) brother's girlfriend hearing all of this right now. Beautiful. Sometimes you got to let them know, and that was the main reason why I wanted us in tank tops today because it's it's the time of the year. We got to get these girls understanding that summer's coming and we're back, baby. We're we're here. We're here, and also. Look, tank tops, they're fun, bro. 
Okay? They're really fun. It's, it's fun. You feel fun. Dude, I put this on 20 minutes ago. Yeah. And I said, I'm going to have fun today. That's we're having a blast. I said, we're having fun. I said, I put this on and immediately I went into my drawer yeah. and I pulled out an old keychain that has something that helps me shotgun beers on it. I put it back on my keychain. I said, you know what? Today's the day that I shotgun beers anymore. And I don't have any beers, but I do have a Truly and I'm going to shotgun a Truly like a true fucking douchebag. Okay. Dude. Oh my God. What the, uh, You're getting me so excited for this this summer return the summer of love that's coming back summer of Um, love so as we're equally both handsome here i'd say handsome in different ways now we were talking a second ago about hair clearly Mm -hmm. you know uh, you've got me destroyed in the hair and i have most people destroyed in the hair let's be honest now you've got the good italian italian hair genes I do. Yeah. And uh, out of all of the things that I've gotten, it's the thing that I'm mm-hmm. most proud of. There's no question about it. I've got it down well, to should, a science. You, you know. should also, I think, you know, what a lot of guys that when they have good hair up top, they yeah. don't have good beards. And, it, uh, and I've yeah. never seen you fully grow it out, but it seems like you can have a pretty full beard as well, right? I could, but I would say you got me in the beard department, my friend. Okay. I'm looking at this. I'm, like, happy, I'm happy about that. Structurally, your face is definitely mm-hmm. you got me beat. And, and the beard. Okay, good. that's a tough thing to admit that you have like a very <laughs> symmetrical beard and an extremely symmetrical face. And you, I mean, yeah. honestly, you're 6'6", bro. You've got me in that's, terms of like a lot. the physique. That helps a lot. You've got me. There's just no can, way around you it. You can get more cut and bulk easier than me, mm. but you can't grow. I can't grow. Place. And but you your have dick does look bigger than mine, proportionally. <laughs> That's uh, I guarantee you that. I guarantee But you're Italian you too. So I imagine that we've got kind we of both like got decent salamis, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotta be. We both got deep and sober sots, but it's just like, you know, it's not it's, it's not it's, I mean, one of us has got a capicola, one's got a sober sot, okay? Yeah. One spicy one, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Great. All right. So let's start at the mm-hmm. beginning here, because we have okay. a lot of content about us being handsome that I want to get to at some yes. point. We're oh, gonna great. get there. People are gonna fucking love this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but let's start with your show specifically. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um give me the elevator pitch on where all psychos. Dude, th- I mean, so the show's changed a lot recently. It was uh for for the longest time I was interviewing comedians and I wanted to just have them come in, us have like an open long form conversation and kind of get into more real shit a lot of times because comics like to do that, but they they always feel like they have to be on. Yeah. But more than anything, it's unedited. Uh, you know, there's everyone uses the the buzzwords now. So whenever you say like raw mm. or like it's sincere, it sounds like it's you know something Dak Shepard made up. No offense to him, you know, but I'm saying like, it's, it, but but it is that, and it's always been that, and it's also just been a place for 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 comics to be able to talk about shit and not feel pressure to do anything except. And I, I always liked with the show to um, encourage people to admit shit that they mm-hmm. maybe didn't want to talk about, like like you know the. It, we're all like, I mean, the world psychos is an exaggeration, but it's like, we all got fucked up shit. Yeah. We all are weird. Like most, like that weird thought you've had that you thought only I have ever thought this. A thousand other people have had that thought every day of the week. So mm-hmm. you might as well talk about it to realize that you're just like everyone else in a good way. So that's right. what it is. Now, look, that was an elevator from the first floor to the 15th, but... <laughs> You stayed on. You were going to get off of the eighth floor and you're like, you know, I'm going to wait to the 15th and then I'm going to take the stairs down because it's going to be good for my cholesterol. So that's what you did. 
And that's what the show is. All right? I'll tell you what. That's yeah. that's called a successful elevator pitch. That's, that's the way that you keep baby. people on the elevator. Yeah. I go, no, 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 no. I go, no, no, close the door. Close the fucking, close the door. Close the door. Close the door. We're not done yet. But yeah, yeah, that, that, that's what it is. And now it's recently changed to me and my cousin, Lily, okay. who is not even in comedy, but she's like, uh, she's she's in the industry. She likes to, to pr- she's producing like um, documentaries and stuff right now. Mm-hmm. And she just naturally is very funny. She's got like, you know, we're both Paladinos. We both have that gene and have been, um, I would say, uh, a, a tiny bit fucked up by our family in a good way to Love where uh, we don't take things seriously. We've got a big Italian family. And so she comes on and now we do a lot of current events. We talk about our day or our weeks. And then um, recently we've, we've been going over listeners' hinge profiles. Sounds like something I would never but it's kind of fun to really get into the weeds about like what each picture says because i don't go over it and go oh this is good i'm like fucking i'm scrutinizing this shit and going what are you trying to say yeah yeah. each picture so that's what it's become now and then i have my solo podcast on my patreon where i really just talk about i don't know i i literally (laughs) go into a fugue state for an hour and then at the end i'm like oh well here's three tiktoks and that's it yeah so those are the two shows yeah 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 so at what point, because we, we go back, I'd say like four or five years, probably. Well, I've known you for a while. 2015, probably. Yeah. 2015. Roughly right around we there. Were, we were, when did you start doing mics multiple times a week? Because that's a lot of times when I consider someone when starting. someone started stand up. I think probably yes. about, if we're in 2021, I would say probably 2014, I think, was when I really, yeah. really yeah. like got into it. Um, I was April 2015, and I think I knew I seen you around. You'd been doing it more, and I think honestly, probably Brad Stoll introduced us because he introduced <laughs> me to a lot of comedians. Fucking yeah. blast from yeah. the past! <laughs> blast from the past, baby. Baldy, he's been encouraging me to bald it for for to shave it for so long because well, it helped him. Yeah, I yeah. mean, inside baseball, that guy's been been bald and terrible looking for years, and I mean. <laughs> <laughs> all right so he's doing great in la yeah yeah good for him Go great for him yeah. actually a very nice guy um yes back to you w- at what point did your brand and i, I hate to use that word because i think it's yeah, so but it's a word everyone needs to, yeah yeah well, at what point did your brand sort of become you know tall good-looking guy mm-hmm. who really is fascinated and interested in human behavior probably 2018 um, specifically honestly I, somewhere there's around an there, aha like moment <laughs> I, I don't know the aha moment but it was um well let's see whenever well i say 2018 because that's when i started this iteration of the podcast because before i was doing it with uh freddie g another comedian very funny yes. guy mm-hmm. we were doing model the mensch and then we parted ways after 100 episodes and i was like what do i want to do with my episode like with my show alone and I just realized I wanted to, because when I was interviewing people more and more, I, I like, didn't like just trying to create bits. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it, it got old. And also I was like, it felt very insincere. Like if someone's mm-hmm. talking about someone legit, you know, I want to hear about that shit, you know? And, all, and also I, I realized pretty quickly, I was like, oh, this allows me to feel closer to the community of because the first were just comedians i was like i feel closer to most comedians now than i ever have before yeah. in you know an industry where it can kind of feel really insular like it can feel clicky it can feel like yeah you see everyone out but you don't really know them you don't yeah. really 
feel a connection to them. And then all of a sudden I talk to them for an hour and a half. And no matter what, it's like, I, I have that, I, I have that knowledge of them in the back. Like I know they're a good person. They've, we've talked and I just feel more connected to them. Like, uh, it happened to me with, I remember with like, I was always cool with Rufat, but then we did the episode for, you know, like, um, I think, I think it was like a two hour one. It was a good one. And then now whenever I see him, I feel like we can talk about normal shit, but then I yeah. can also ask him about his life. And we'll get into it because I'm like, well, I've already showed you that you can trust me to talk about it. No judgment, whatever. It's it's nice because a lot of comics, I, don't, I mean, a lot of people in general, which is another thing I've been like, I kind of push for and I just like a lot of people in general don't talk about their life or how they feel, bro. It you know? is it is wild to think that there's a good amount of people. I've been noticing that with this podcast where there's been times where I'm just kind of like, I'll have a, a guest on and I'll be like, is this mm. going to be hard? Is this going to be like yeah. a, like sort of difficult to get people talking? And you start noticing when you have other people that have had podcasts um, themselves or they've been around stand-up or whatever, there are certain people yeah. that really are good at talking. And they're really oh, good yeah. at just kind of like they're, – they're vulnerable. They allow themselves to yeah. be vulnerable. And you start seeing the difference. It's like, have you ever listened to like a bad podcast where it's just kind of like, there's times where I've even had other comedians on, even going back to like the earlier days when me and Gene were doing Social Villains as a podcast and yeah, stuff, yeah. where there's times where you had like the best people will always kind of let their guard down and, and give you a little bit of insight. Because mm -hmm. the thing is, it's like, and I'm sure you, you've picked up on this too from, from doing podcasting, even every opinion is a byproduct of how somebody's viewpoint um, how you're raised. is shaped. Right. How you're raised, how you yeah. see the world, you know, which is why I'm so excited to talk to you about Israel and Palestine. Yeah. I'm fucking kidding. But, but like it, yeah. And, hey, and, bro. Yeah, I was raised by Hamas. You didn't know that? Like, <laughs> Hamas is my father. Yeah. <laughs> Explains so much. But yeah, you, that, that is. The, oh the, my God. It would have been so funny. If, if I, I just surprised you. <laughs> no, but it would have been so funny if we had. <laughs> if we had done it to where we started the episode and on my wall was a Palestinian flag and on your wall was an Israeli flag, Israeli flag would have been and great. the whole episode was us being like hey what <laughs> oh shit I actually I gotta go dude see you later it just that's the whole episode it's two minutes long if I was still funny maybe we could have done something like that but uh, you know I'm not <laughs> I'm not on that level anymore but uh, oh man yeah, and I think that that's like a that's a great thing that that um, even if it's just a, th those those shows are important, and I think that the other thing that I like specifically about your show when you talk to these people, we went through this phase for a long time where comedians who weren't doing like a like a funny podcast, and I, I use the air quotes to say like not that like yeah. these no, shows no, can be funny, mean. but they're not like. They're irreverent, not pitchy, like yeah, yes, yeah. exactly, yeah, um, or, yeah. The edgy shit, where you're right? Just like, yeah, that shit can get. Yeah, most of you aren't come town guys, by the way. Most right. of you aren't come town. Come town is great. The most thing you have to tell everybody, anybody that's yes. come to me and been like, "We want you to produce our show." Do you know come town? I'm like, yeah. She's like, "We're gonna do that," but it's us. I'm like, "All right, pass. I'm not gonna work on your shit." There's yeah, no way I'm doing that. You're but, like the main <laughs> dude in come town. Um, fuck. What? The, how am I blanking? Nick Mullen. 
Nick Moen is a comedic genius. He's a genius. Like, He's a little, literal listen, genius. You, like literally, I'll, I because I don't really listen to the show, but I've heard bits from it. Yeah. You you hear him say a premise out loud, and then you like can hear you. Know, you ever listen to Elon Musk talk? You know. Yeah. Like it, it, when he talks, you can hear him like solving integrals in his mind at the same yeah. time. Yeah. That's yeah. like what fucking Nick Mullen does when he says a premise. Like he yeah. says a premise, and then you hear him like, yeah, wait. Uh, uh, and then he just <laughs> fully flushes it out in yeah. three seconds and you yeah. go yeah you can't do that yeah he's a he is a literal genius and yes. and i think that there's a lot of people that if they weren't going to try to do a show like that they mm-hmm. were doing one like the mark maron style where it's like so tell me about like your influences yeah. and like all that stuff and i think that at a certain point a we talked to a lot of people that like Nobody cared about their who they were or like what their processes or their career really. Yeah. But on top of that, it's like um, your show really gets more to the crux of why people do things and or behave the way that they do, which I think 100%. is an important thing, especially with sort of the rise in awareness of mental health, especially coming off the pandemic and all this stuff. Definitely, so I think yeah. that your show specifically, and I, you're really good at that kind of cracking people open because you're very it's, disarming well it's like uh you know it's it's funny because I, I used to listen to Marin all the time too yeah and i would and i would listen to him and i listened to a couple other people and i would go um this is i think what i noticed was whenever i talk to people off mic um if you ever get to something really like serious or they want to talk about anything a lot of times someone will say something and then kind of like, oh, shit, I don't know if I wanted to. And you have to really immediately go, no, I like that. Yeah. And then either relate it to yourself or make a joke to release tension. A lot of times conversations are like building and releasing tension, building, and releasing. T- it's it's a sure. lot like stand up. Like I, I, I tried to relate it to stand up and be like, all right. If this gets ever uncomfortable, I'll just talk about my dick not working. And then it's like back to <laughs> we're back to we're back to the level playing field. Yeah. But I mean, it's fun, dude. It's it's one of the most fun things for me. And um, even though I don't do as serious shows as much right now because it was taking so much time. Yeah. It's something that I was like for over 100 episodes, I uh, like got really good at it and was like, I can't wait to wear. I'm at a different place and have maybe a bigger platform or access to, to other people to where I can do it again. Because when the shows are good at the end, you're like, damn, that was, that was nice. Like in a dude in the world now where it's like, everything is Instagram face and like a TikTok yeah. bit that like, isn't really anything meaningful. If you just talk to someone for 10 minutes about anything, you're like, Oh, okay. This is probably what I've been missing in my life, you know? But at the yeah. same time, it's not those, it's not a f- Instagram infographic that says like you are loved, you know, yeah, because yeah. I don't know. Or like, that's not, I don't know. Attitude, bro. You're a lot. Uh, yeah, you are. But like, let's talk about how you can, I don't know. It's that shit gets like annoys me. Well, the thing, I think the thing with Instagram is that there's, um, um, <sighs> I, I felt this way a lot about podcasting in general because it moved into this space in the last couple of years where these influencers mm-hmm. kind of – they're not really – they're not like skilled. They're not podcasters. They're not really comedians. They're not really anything, but they just are good at social media and they've developed this sort of following. Yeah. Um, and part of the issue is that they're – it's the people that like them – 
being a fan of somebody on social media is a very fickle thing because it doesn't take a lot of effort to like a post or see watch a story or whatever. It's a commitment to listen to a podcast. For it for is. someone to be like, yeah. I like Dylan and I think he's a good interviewer and I think his show is good and I'm going to subscribe and yeah. listen, yeah, listen for an hour to him talk to usually probably somebody I don't know. You, know? you don't know, yes, yeah. Exactly. Like obviously you you have had the get you've had like the Raina Greenbergs and people yes. that have their followings and stuff. But most but, of the time, it's comics that you don't know yet, right? And that is such the to flip somebody. To go from just like, oh, yeah, I like Dylan's Instagram post or whatever. That's a fucking yeah. really hard thing to do, it's, man. Uh, you're telling me, dude, it's still fucking hard as <laughs> shit. I'm like, like, one person, I'm like, okay, yeah, good. There's one more. Yeah. 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 yeah so, helpful. I mean, like, to your point, I think that that's like, that's a credit to you and and, and kind of like the fact that, that people are, are receptive to the show. And, and mm-hmm. you're a likable guy, man. And this is something that I always you, bro. was, was you. curious about with you because you mm-hmm. had... um um. <laughs> I'll bring this up later, but there is um I when I when you, I remember seeing you around, like uh-huh. people were kind of amazed that they were like, "There's this six six model who's yeah. out here like doing <laughs> comedy and and everything." Yeah. And I think that people were really for for a while, like like mm-hmm. until they really got to know you and stuff. I think there were people that were kind of like, "We can't let this guy in." Like oh, yeah. we can't like Skeptical, this guy can't like, nah, this won't work. Yeah. And it's like, what is this guy doing? Like, what's this guy's game? Why is he? Why is he here? And Bro, then I, I think... would ask myself that. I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck are you doing, dude? But dude, why you had. Not... Yeah. Your thing was always like, like, I think that a couple like uh, you have dinner with you a couple times. And I think a lot of people were kind of like. Dylan's a great guy. Like, yeah. He's a nice guy. Like, like he's actually yeah, not yeah. what I was expecting him to be. And I, I think that like, um, at what point did you kind of make those realizations about yourself that you're like a nice guy who, who kind of has, you know, to ask you this plainly, mm-hmm. like at what point did you realize that some of your personality traits were sort of antithetical to being a hot guy? That it's like a weird way to say it, but like well, it, took, it took a while, dude, because like, you know, I, would, I, I remember when I first started stand up, I was like, do I want to lean into like the what how people see me, you know, they do because for dude, for the law, I mean, I still think about this now, but it's been so long since I've done stand up continuously. I'm I don't think about it as much, but I was like, you know, what are people thinking when they first see me on stage? Like, because I because yeah. I know what I think when I see certain people on stage. Yeah. And, you know, there's certain guys that walk on stage and immediately you're like, this guy's going to be funny or like, I like this dude. He's got co- whatever. And a lot of times I was like, I don't think people are like they don't love seeing me on stage or like but i would get so for a while i would think about it and then i decided to be like i, I don't even care anymore but yeah for, I, I tried to do more of a douchebaggy thing and then i hated it because i was like this is not like this is definitely look dude tank top <laughs> shotgunning playing like that's all in me for sure yeah yeah 100 yeah, percent. Yeah. it's yeah. fun to be that guy you turn your brain off okay yeah. i've said one of like one of one of the at me at my worst is yeah i was in i was in dc visiting a friend and it was halloween and i was uh i was pretty hammered it was, i was it was like i think i was like 22 so it was when mm-hmm. i was really like drinking i would, i was freshly single too yeah got out of so i was like time to be a fucking piece of shit yeah and i was drunk as fucking this this girl was arguing with me about 
uh, I live in Kipps Bay, but mm. she was like, you live in Murray Hill. And I was like, now this is the stupidest, whitest argument ever. Number one. Right, but right, right, right. She comes at me. I'm like, this is, this could be fun, you know? Yeah. Cause she was aggressive. So she's like, you live in Murray Hill. I'm like, no, no, I live in fucking Kipps Bay. Fuck that. She's like, I, she, she goes, no, you don't. I go, I live there. Like, what are you talking about? She starts getting back and forth with me and something just clicks in my head and it's still, um, I'm proud of how douchey it is and how it's a, um, open shut case of how to win an argument and, and, and piss someone off is I just looked at her and I was like, you know, it's okay that you want to hook up with me. <laughs> I was like, I was like, it's all good, dude. You just want to hook up with me. Like, it's not a big deal. And because here's why I said it, either she does yeah. And it pisses her off yeah. or she doesn't and it pisses her off even more, <laughs> which to me is fun to watch. Right, right, so right. So I, I kept saying that. She got so mad, she slapped me in the face. Nice. And then I laughed out loud and said, I won. And I yeah. walk away. And that that was me. So that guy's in me, all right? Yeah, Not as right. much. But like I would do him on, I would like try to be that guy on stage. And I was like, this isn't real. This isn't like who I am. And I thought about like, oh, when am I having the best time with with comics and other friends? And it was when I was being kind of like both of those dudes. Mm -hmm. So again, like I think around 2018, 2019, I was like, all right, I can be both of these things. And I, I got to at least show people on stage yeah. that I'm not that dude, you know, right. because if I was that guy, they'd be like, why do we want to listen to this guy? So I started talking about like, that's when I started being like, um, Start talking about my dick not working as much. I started talking about, I tried talking about losing my hair, but like it didn't look bad enough. So right. half the time people wouldn't see. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Or it was, dude, this is the weirdest thing. I would talk about losing my hair and people would get sad. And I'd be like, that is, is that the true? Op opposite of what, yes, man. Yeah. People in the audience would go, oh, it's not that bad. I'm like, no, dude, I'm. I'm, can you just let me make fun of myself? Like, what the fuck is your, yeah. stop being so nice. Yeah. Yeah. But that, that's when I was like, all right, I, I got to do both of this because I, I can't just like, I don't know. Sometimes you want to like lean into the character that you see yourself as, you know? Totally. And the thing is, it's like, we all have, I don't think anybody's ever on a complete even keel. Like we all have no. those, those sort of like Jekyll and Hyde moments where, mm -hmm. you know, it's very hard to be a great guy every moment of your life, you know? And sometimes like, let's be honest, shotgunning a beer, fucking wearing tank tops. Objectively, it's fun. Like <laughs> objectively, one of the most fun things ever. you can't do it all the time. You know no, what I mean? You suck. Yeah, you suck. Because the guys that do it all the time, you're like, look at this fucking guy. Like, wh who wants to hang out with him? But no, the guy no, that can do it sometimes. Exactly. You know? You never want to be the guy that always says to do it at the party. Right. But right. you want to be the guy that you surprise people when you do it. And right. Go, yes. Oh, shit. Really? That's in him. Yeah. Go, yeah. Because <laughs> exactly. otherwise, it's, otherwise, it's like you're at the party and it's like, oh, God, Dylan's got his shirt off again. God damn it. Exactly. We got to stop inviting and, this guy. And then you become the guy who no one calls you by your real name. Yeah. Nickname, okay. <laughs> yes. And yes. It's either your last tank. name, or it's exactly they call <laughs> yeah. you something else. That's not a good look. Okay? Yeah. 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 That's yeah. Not a good look.
Yeah, a hundred percent. All right. Well, th- so let's talk about uh, let's talk about our, our douchey sides a little bit because this is yeah. something where I, I think mean, I just we... really made half the people on the podcast hate me with saying <laughs> I want to, you know, no, you want to hook up with me. But listen, uh, man, you know, hey, dudes, listen to me right now. If There's you no dudes listening. Argument, but <laughs> okay, hey, <laughs> hey, girls. It, okay, so now, actually, you know what I want to think? If there are guys, if there are women listening, who um. Which do you have a lot of female listeners? Uh, exclusively, I think. You know what's nuts? Female listeners are so much better than male listeners. It's yeah. like not even and like and this isn't me simping to you guys. Like yeah. I have both, but female listeners are always the one that tells me if something's wrong. Yes, they're always always the ones that are like if it's a day late they're like oh it's totally fine i get it yeah and they're always the ones that are like randomly sending me like like notes of approval and like yeah. support yeah they're literally like you help me so much and i'm like god damn it and always guys are like you're gay literally yeah. they're just yeah. like i'll just <laughs> get that from a guy i'm like all right cool thank you dude thank you so much yeah, a dude on a, on like a Reddit thread or whatever on a message board will always be like, Coscarelli used to be funny, but then he lost it or like whatever. You know yeah. what I mean? You'll always see that from people, whereas women will almost always give you, even if it's criticism, it'll be constructive. Like if if, they're, if, if you have women that are actual um, like devoted listeners, it's never, it's almost never mean. I don't yes. know. Maybe, maybe it's different for women, like women to like a women on woman, a woman listener to a woman podcast, but yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe it's always, always nice and constructive shit where it'll just be like, like you said, like this was really touching or this was really, this yeah. is really funny. I've been listening to it or whatever. So it's great. And I love having female yeah, listeners. No, no. It's so good. Yeah. For, and, and for them to win, by the way, that douchebag thing, um, all you have to do, I think, is just be like, "No, I'd rather fuck your friend and walk away." That I think is how you is how you win that. When oh the guy yeah, goes, you want to hook up with me? Just be like, I, "I'd rather fuck your friend." Actually, <laughs> and you walk away. That's how you win. If I'm thinking about it, yeah, that's a real way to just stab the guy in the heart. Yeah. It's all ego shit, man. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, who, what's worse than some girl that you like wanting to fuck your friend? The worst to, thing, ever. Chris, you, him, Cheney. Like, what? I oh, fucking God. hate him. I yeah. hate him. He's my best friend. I hate him so much. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, let's talk about okay. our female listeners here for a second. Um, yes, I think that we're both sort of you and I in in um, in our own ways are sort of satellites around mm-hmm. popular female podcasts obviously me uh guys we fucked guys we fucked and um you a little more girls gotta eat Mm -hmm. i know that like those girls love you whatever um yeah they're great have you noticed since you've sort of been involved and since you've Mm -hmm. been doing your own show that it is much easier to get girls and what has that experience been like for for you as somebody who has gotten a stamp of approval by yeah, yeah. two women that um, are sort of beloved by the um, single female community in our well, great I, city. I went on that podcast and I talked about how I liked sending uh, dick pics and shit. So uh-huh. like for about a month after, it was just – I there was a lot of sexting going on. And yeah. I was like, this is great. <laughs> I, I actually got sexted out. I was like, I can't fucking do this anymore. Yeah. But it was it – was, um, well, I mean, I don't know about the guys we fucked listeners, but for GGE, a lot of them don't live in New York City. So Is that like, right? <clears throat> a lot of them, it's like, come to Pittsburgh, come to oh Canada, God. come to Australia. Come to and I'm Canada. Like, <laughs> I'm like, I'll come to Australia for sure, but it's a lot of that. So there's been a lot of um, a lot of potential, mm-hmm. I'll say. 
It hasn't been. I actually, if I think about it, there's been one girl, and I might be meeting up with another one for a date. Um, Risque from the show, but the but the first girl, it was her friend that listened to the show, and was like, "Oh, you're going out with Dylan," and then like gave her all the info about me. And I was like, oh, Jesus Christ. Like, I actually tell people not to listen to it because they're going to get, like, one side of me and then think I'm that. People, dude, I don't know about you. Even when people ask to listen to my normal show, I go, mm. yo, look, just take me in real life. It's yeah. Un- I'm like, it's unnecessary. You're going to hear, like, what, what do you, like, I'm just going to be making jokes that I would make, uh, whatever. I don't know. But, I mean, they're great. And, you know, if I get some guys who fuck listeners and I can compare, I'll give you a little <laughs> infographic, you know, who knows? Yeah, yeah, but yeah. yeah. It, it's been, I mean, yes, it's been, it, it's made it easier for sure. Being friends with Reyna, you know, girls know, but also everyone thought I was fucking Reyna for like six months. So that some happens. of the girls, some of the girls wanted to like, uh, they didn't want to step on her turf. I don't know about you. What, what happened with you when you did it? Yeah. So my experience when I, when I did the show, um, which was like a couple of years mm-hmm. ago at this point. Um, I definitely got a lot of feedback, like pretty directly <laughs> off of that. I mean, in in, in in Corinne's defense, Corinne has also done a lot to, um, pro- a little more when I was in my younger, younger mm-hmm. single years, Corinne, we'd be out on a Friday night and Corinne would like, Corinne would post something on Instagram and be like, Hey, Mike Coscarelli's single. And we're at this bar. We're at Niagara bar and, in, in you know, the East village. So like come hang out with us because Mike's single and like like and then I would just that would I would get like loaded up on DMs it's from nuts stuff like to that. Do. It's crazy. I don't, yeah. Girls don't realize that when they give another guy a seal of approval, girls are like, okay, sweet, he's not gonna kill me. Yeah. I'm there. Yeah. Dude, it's like it's, it's nuts. I would go, I would go after Corinne's shows, I'd meet girls. I would be out uh-huh. with Corinne, I'd meet girls. And then the the I mean, I I had I literally had my ex who I lived with. I had a four and a half year like tumultuous uh, hard relationship with that, yes that just ended not long ago like hey go she you, heard man. me on guys we fucked she lived in california and Whoa. then eventually moved to new york you know what i mean damn now is this the girlfriend sorry but as i was talking to someone about this the other day there's always the one there's the one x that no matter what you always will have an emotional reaction to if yeah. someone says their name or yes. it's this one or you see their oh, name that was or that was the most recent one fuck yeah yeah that, i mean it's, my, it's like the only real five one years ago yeah i was five years ago and it's still like that yeah. it's chill now and sometimes i'll go to her tiktok and i'll just like a couple photos to put some chaos into the world but you know like <laughs> uh uh she's got some Shake some boyfriend she's got some boyfriend who's like five foot ten whatever it's all good yeah. um <laughs> <laughs> she's still like, thinking I, about you for sure i'm like i won dude honestly yeah and if she's listening i won but uh uh i still miss you so anyway um but yeah that's great man yeah so it's it, great it that is, it's happening it is like uh it's an interesting thing that happens because like you said they do give you that stamp of approval and now the thing that i get most with um like being single again and having it guys we fucked is really my only main job at this point like that and christina's show and then like i do some other like other like freelance podcasts here and there but like that's my yeah. main gig so it's on my bumble and hinge profiles and stuff so now because christina girls, has a a um a, a solo, solo one right yeah yeah and i i work on that one yeah. too so girls will just be like 
like I listen to that show. Oh my god! Like they know who I am because I yeah, now that I yeah. I work on the show, yes. it's not like they talk about me all the time. You know, Corinne's not always constantly like Mike Coscarelli. Mike, Cus-, but no, I think but they that know my name has been out there, and I'm in the credits and all that stuff. Like I think my name has been out there enough where they see Mike and guys we fucked. They're like, oh my god, you're Mike Coscarelli, and I'm no, like, listen, it's like if someone's a producer, like, <laughs> if someone's a producer on a show, they're still gonna know you. Like, um. Uh, there's a show every now and then I'll listen to H3 and they have like a bunch of uh, producers that like will sometimes chime in. They're, yeah. they're, they're, they're probably more involved in the show than you are. I don't think you're yeah. like talking with it, with them. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. But even that, if I met one of those dudes, I'd be like, oh shit, I know. Like it's, if yeah. you are a fan of a show, yeah. you're a fan of everyone that's involved in it. Yeah. 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 Uh, it's yeah. very I mean, cool. It's, it's really wild. And uh, yeah. There's well, we have a couple games. I'm going to get into the games in a second. There's one more I thing I want wait. to talk to you before we get there. Um, yes. Because I was obviously like compiling some stuff, some things I wanted to talk to you uh-huh. about. Um, and I couldn't help but remember uh, one of the funniest things I think I ever saw when, when you were still kind of like new coming around. Uh, uh-huh. uh, can you tell me about this GQ shoot <laughs> that you oh, did my God, in 2016? Dude. What a fucking letdown to me as a career because I yeah. just started like auditioning and um, GQ was doing, they do this like an editorial like a couple times a year where they feature guys in it and it has something to do with men's fashion. Mm-hmm. And so for this year, they were doing um, men's like n- non-normal body shapes for suits. Because a lot of suits off the rack don't, there's a lot of men that they don't fit, like men that aren't your standard five foot 10, you know, once, whatever it is. Yeah. And I was one of the very tall guys that they featured. There were two guys uh, that they featured, me and this other dude that I think was like six, seven. And he was yeah. like the Gumby one. And then I, because uh, my shoulders are like stupidly broad. Yeah. Like, honestly, if you look at a picture of me, you, my head looks so small. Yeah. And so uh, I went out for this casting. I got it. And then I had this like crazy GQ shoot where they like shaved up my face. They like did my hair perfectly. I was in this like $5,000 suit, bro. I looked good. And yeah, you did. I think, fuck. I, I think I was still with my girlfriend, which Uh, I'm happy about, but also I really could have capitalized on that if I hadn't been. (laughs) Yeah, but I mean, you know she got to reap the rewards because she was with me when i wasn't looking that hot at all yeah. but anyway so i did this and then it came out in G- i have fucking the gq magazine here still with like me on a page of it and like yeah. it's full spread an entire page and it was nuts and i i was i had been auditioning for less than a year yeah. and you know how when you get one thing you go well this is it yeah you go uh, it's you go i'm elon musk to the moon baby yep. all right it's dogecoin right now we're going to the moon <laughs> yeah, and yeah. absolutely nothing came after that for like a long fucking time and yeah. but i was still happy to do it i was very, i was very proud of it but it was weird because i was just starting to get into stand-up and it was like the antithesis of everything i was trying to do with stand-up I, yeah and the antithesis to being funny yeah. nothing is more unfunny than just a guy being super hot. 
You well, know what and I mean? the, the funniest thing about it to me was because like this was at that point, I had already made the decision personally yes. that I was like, Dylan's a f- nice, yeah. good guy. Like, a, like, like he's, he's a not a piece of shit. Yeah. Yes, he's a good guy. But there were so many people that I knew who were so pissed that they were like, because the other thing about the GQ article that I and you guys listeners, you can find it. You can just Google Dylan. Palladino oh, yeah, it was. GQ. I had a mic It'll because I talked up. about being a stand up. Yes. Yeah. And you talked about being a stand up. But on top of that, it has your measurements on there. So you're six, six, 205 pounds. And, and yeah. like all of these like dumpy, like pasty losers were pissed. They were just like, yeah. he's a, he's in there talking about how he's a stand up comedian. This guy's six, six. Like, who the fuck? How do you feel bad for this guy? They were yeah. so upset. It was so funny to watch people be upset about it. Yeah. Um, but it's just, I'm, I'm happy that that thing came out because it's so funny to look it at. It was so uh, funny. I mean, dude, I wanted to be like, oh, my guys, I don't want to. I'm I'm doing stand up. Obviously, I don't think I look like this. And also, yeah. I don't want to like I wish I looked fat and ugly like you. I'm like, <laughs> I'm mentally ill. Like, yeah, yeah. what do you want? to? Yeah. come on. Don't you think exactly. I wish I looked bad? <laughs> exactly. Dino, you have amazing hair, bro. Shut the fuck up. All right. The other but, thing yeah, that's it funny was, about it was. They had they, there's like a side by side the GQ thing where it's you and oh, then yeah. uh, there's like the before which by the way like it's just so funny the, the way the GQ frames it they're like look how hideous Dylan looked before this and it's literally just you with like a little bit longer hair and you it's look me almost just with like longer exactly hair the same. and they made me hunch over they literally were like they I was so happy to be there I remember that yeah. I they were like they were doing the the before picture and and like I stood there and I was like this and they're yeah. like you gotta they're like, look more sad. And I was yeah. like, okay. And I put, but I was still kind of like, and they're like, no expression on your face. Yeah. And they're yeah. like, okay, now head down. And they even like took lights to try and like make my, the, everything look like fatter and worse yeah, because yeah. they, uh, if not, they were like, this is just going to be two pictures. And one is you before you put a suit on and the other is like, <laughs> like after. That's yeah, how it that felt. Was, that was, I, I had to put it out because I was like, this isn't a cool thing. Yeah. But dude, I cannot tell you how much stress, like I, every, cause, cause once I did that, every time I went on stage for probably at least two years after that would be the credit people, people sometimes still do it. I hate it because no one hears GQ and then goes, Oh, I want to listen to this guy, you know? Yeah, the only yeah. time they hear it is if like, you know, Seth Rogen comes on stage and they're like, and he was just featured in GQ's funniest. And it's like, well, we know he's not hot. Like, oh, good for him. But it's not like, yeah, it was, I I hated it when people said it because I'm like, okay, well then now they just think this is some like model whose agent told them to do stand up for six months. Yeah. You know? Yeah, no, I, I I totally get you. Well, all right, glad we got that out of the way because I just thought it's so funny to bring up. Uh, it is funny no, knowing is, other I, people's reactions. They're just I like wish pissed. I could have gotten like thirty people's reactions to that and just <laughs> just compiled it together. Yeah, but like, yeah. oh fuck this guy, and I'm it's, like. So yeah. great. But now I'm sure like after the fact, it's like like all those people are qu- have quit. So like whatever, <laughs> like, quit. you know, have quit. Ended up being great for you. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. Let's get into our games. All right. I have two for you. Uh, the first one, mm-hmm. I think they're both going to be a lot of fun, but this first one. So sticking with the theme of of how of the most handsome podcast ever. Um, Hot douchebags. Yeah. When I started doing my show, um, talking to some like friends, mm-hmm. uh, look, looking for notes, getting feedback, whatever. Yeah. Um, 
I couldn't help but notice that a handful of females that I'm friends with that listened to my show and were kind of giving me tips on like how to do things mm-hmm. and whatever asked me if I was friends with you. And they said, do you know that Dylan Palladino? And I said, I do know that Dylan Palladino. Why? And they would say, cause I just, I think he's super hot. And uh, I was like- just curious if I, if you, if I had an in to Dylan Palladino. Uh, and that got me thinking, it was one of the reasons I asked you why you were, if you were single, mm-hmm. um, because I think it would be a privilege here on Mike Coscarelli rules to play a game called date Dylan Palladino. And I am going to add music at the end of that. Uh, when yeah, we good. Like, going good. To post. Yeah. It'll yeah. be like some fun. <laughs> and the music goes here. Wow. Whoa. Date Dylan Palladino. Well, what All you right. should do is now also insert it when you go and the music goes here. Yeah. And oh, of just course. Re- yeah, yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> no, I'm not beautiful. an amateur here, Dylan. I know. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. No, I know you're, you're a good producer, bro. You're also a good comic. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, man. All right. So the, the gist of this game, I literally, uh-huh. I, I did some research on questions that they would ask uh, on the dating game in the 70s. Okay. Uh, we pulled some of those. Uh, we had to update a few of them for modern times but we're going to go through some of these um <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you could give us some thoughtful like oh would you date a black girl it's like <laughs> oh, okay this is... <laughs> and how do way, you feel about segregation and, yeah and by the way they didn't use black back then either <laughs> yeah, yeah. And i know a couple <laughs> other uh might say more colorful words back yeah, then yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah some terms that we've perhaps yeah, exactly. uh, put on a list of words we can't say anymore we can't say on podcast uh yeah yeah um, so we're going to ask you some of these questions, go through them. Let's mm-hmm. see if we can, uh, get to the bottom of some of these, um, questions for the listener. I think it's time you meet our bachelor. He's six, six, 205 pounds. He's a podcaster in New York city with his own apartment and was featured in GQ's January, 2016 issue. We're about to get to know our bachelor, Dylan Palladino. Dylan, thank you for playing the game with us today. How are you? No, thank you guys so much. Thanks for having me here. I really appreciate it. <laughs> Just okay. looking to find love. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's hope that we can make that happen for you here today, Dylan. Uh, let's start off our first question submitted by uh, interested parties. How do you comfort someone in a traumatic situation? Oh, um, well, this actually happened, I think, a month ago. Uh, I had someone over who's a friend of mine, but we, you know, we, we were romantic, and I was working on my computer. And I turned around. And He's got a computer, cool. ladies. I have a computer. 2016, though. I haven't upgraded yet. I don't have the M1 chip yet. I still got the old Intels. And um, I turn around, and she's crying. And so I immediately go, oh, shit. Oh, fuck. Close the computer. I go over, sit down, talk to her, see what's going on. Tell her I'm there for her, you know. And then I'm like. We should have sex. You know, no, 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 no. I, 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 I just, I'm there. I, dude, if someone's honestly having a bad time, like we're going to be real, I'm there. I'm going to listen to you. And I'm also going to ask you, is this a fix it moment or is this, I want to talk about a moment? Cause those are two different moments that a lot of guys don't realize that our brains go to, how do I fix this? A lot of times, like women are like, I just kind of want to talk about it. Mm. So this I'm going to ask that. Yeah. A man who's been to therapy. Man's got to love it. And currently in. Yes. (laughs) All right. Second question here. Uh, Overall, do you see the glass half empty or half full? Oh, full. Yeah. Really? Always full. You got to. Yeah. What's the point if if it's empty? Now, look, I like morbid, fucked up things. They make Mm -hmm. me laugh. Okay. But that's because I'm like, none of this matters. Everything's funny. We should be happy to be here. 
let's laugh at as much as we can. But yes, yeah. glass is half empty because, you know, at least we were born now and, it, and not during the Great Depression. Not even that, not during f- the fucking, uh, even now it's like, yeah, we're in a pandemic. At least it wasn't the 1917 pandemic. All right. Right. I killed like 500 million people. So right. I'm right. happier to be here. And we did get to watch Netflix. So there's that. There was Tiger King, baby. Yeah, right. That, yeah, that's what, it wasn't that's all what, bad. That's what made my that's what made my PlayStation username. All right, I would never <laughs> for a pandemic. Yeah, yeah. All right. Next question: uh, What do you value in a relationship? You mentioned you were uh, in a, uh, a relationship that clearly uh, has left a mark on you <laughs> oh, yeah. several years yeah, ago. Yeah. Oh fuck yeah, dude! I, that was that was 2015, 2016, I think it ended. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Uh, you know, I honestly I value someone very independent. Mm-hmm. I've I've realized that. Um, it's like, I like I, the, all these things sound so cliche and trite to be like, oh, I need someone confident, but it's like, I can't have someone that's fucking more insecure than me because I'm already dealing with my insecurities and, um, comedy 24 seven. And I need someone, okay, here's something specific. I need someone that, uh, likes to laugh and they don't have to be funny as fuck, but they just have to be genuinely their funny self whatever that is because Mm -hmm. most people most people you meet that aren't comedians are funniest when they're not trying to be funny you know what i mean even comics a lot of times but like they know how to be funny at a moment's notice because they're trying to do it but a lot of times like my brothers my fault like and and even people i talk to uh if they're not trying to be funny and then they're just authentically themselves and whatever quirk they have about them that kind of shit makes me laugh and I enjoy the fuck out of it. So mm-hmm. you got to just, even if like, dude, if you're embarrassed about yourself, what, like there's one thing you do, just, just do that. Be goofy, do that. That's the shit I fuck with. Cause then it goes, I go, no matter what you are cool with who you are and you're willing to like, you're not taking yourself seriously. And you're willing to laugh. That's why a lot of times if I'm in dating profiles, if a girl doesn't have uh, a one, at least one picture of her smiling, I won't, I won't, press yes because smile that's a big one that it really uh, is a big one also i'm going to be trying to make you do that right that's my thing is right trying to see you laugh and smile if i don't know what it looks like that it's like a non-starter for me i mean unless you're really fucking hot obviously that's the you know if you're really i don't give a fuck but like most people (laughs) at a certain point honestly it I don't want to say it's all that matters, but there's a certain Scarlett level Johansson where you're just like, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, right. Scarlett Johansson never needs to smile. Okay? <laughs> what personality? Like, what difference is no, it? No, I don't care. All right. Yeah. Ghost in the show, whatever you want. Yeah. 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 All right. Next question. Yeah. What's your favorite possession? Interesting. My favorite possession. Um, well, I, I'm trying, I was do some Buddhist shit and be like, I'm trying to move away from worldly possessions. Um, <laughs> Oh, it's going to sound so fucking douchey. Um, honestly, right now, the thing that I like the most, it, okay, I, I like, I was going to say my microphone because I'm like a podcaster, but that's a fucking lie. Okay. okay. I love all that, but like, I could get another one. It's great. Yeah. It brings me a lot of joy, but it's also work. Um, pr- honestly, probably the, the, the workout bike I have in my apartment. It's not a, a Peloton. It sounds so douchey, but here's why. Because um, it gives me something every single day 
to do that um, is hard, get takes my mind off of everything else, and then I get to feel better about 30 minutes later. Like it's a legal drug I can do every single day that is going to keep my keep me living longer and yeah. clear my head. It's I like it because it allows me to clear my head. Almost nothing else lets like video games, nothing like working out's probably the only thing that really lets me clear my head. And I need to because, you know, it's like we got thirty thousand things going on up there. So I'm very grateful. And I got it during the pandemic. And it's like the best thing I've ever I've ever bought. You know, there's a lot of other Honestly, we'll probably end this podcast and I'll think about 30 other things that'll sound more like profound, but you know, I'm like, oh, my, my cast iron pan, because it allows <laughs> for so many memories when I cook for you. No, it's my fucking bike after I, after I dry scoop pre-workout. All right. And I'm bleeding out of my eyes. That's what I, that's what I like. That's what it is. You yeah. turned that into a pretty good answer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. When you open your computer in the morning, the first website you visit is... Oh man, there are so many hacky jokes I just didn't make. Um, the, I go to my Gmail <clears throat> and I read two newsletters, one from Axios and one from uh, the Morning Brew, which is a newsletter. Yeah. It was the mm-hmm. first, I guess, I don't know if I consider those websites, but that's usually where I go. And then maybe I'll go to the, the Times as well. But those are like the three first things that I pull up. Um, and then sometimes I'll go on my computer, I'll go to Twitter and I'll see what's trending to see if like, you know, you know, I want to talk about Israel, Palestine, you know, see what's going on with that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that, but that, that, that's usually Just have what an what informed opinion, you know, uh, <clears throat> yeah. and solve it. No, I go to Ben Shapiro's website and I read what he <laughs> says every single morning. That's what I, uh, okay. Um, you're driving and you get lost. Mm-hmm. What do you do and how do you handle the situation? What's your decision? Um, do we have? Do I have full battery? Is there any service? I guess maybe this question. Now that I'm thinking about it, this is a very 1960s question. A 1970s then I'll, question. Then I'll, then I'll treat it like the 19. Then I'll treat it like the 1960s. Okay. Okay. Uh, if we're driving somewhere <clears throat> and it's like off the beaten path, I'm gonna have a map. All right. So I'm gonna try to look at the map and figure out some kind of recourse to get us back. Yeah. Um, I want to say I would have a compass, but I'd probably be like, fuck compasses. <laughs> 1960s me would have been like, I don't need a fucking compass. Yeah. Um, you can get around. I'd probably, I'd probably look where the sun is and try to know where north and south from that. I uh, noticed that you have yet to say, ask for directions. Oh, well, we're lost. Aren't we? <laughs> yeah, but like lost doesn't necessarily mean like... In, in the desert or like the middle of nowhere. I to think me, that's really what they're trying to get at. It's oh, like, that's like me, such a personality thing oh, for guys okay. where guys wouldn't ask for directions to, because that was like, that's always like an old trope where it's like guys get lost and the woman will be like, we should ask the guy at the gas station. The guy will be like, shut the fuck up. I have a map. You no, know? No, 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 no. If, if we're at a gas station, I'm going in and I'm buying a coca-cola because back then that's what everyone drank yeah okay i'm buying a pack of cigarettes because i probably would smoke back then and yeah. i'm saying hey how the fuck do i get out of here i thought we were like on a trail with no one around 
No, I mean, I, I think no it's open problem. to interpretation. But... I have no problem asking someone for directions. Okay. I don't give a <laughs> shit. Are you kidding me? Hey, man, where am I? I don't yeah. know. You look like you live around here. Okay. Yeah. Is there a cabin I'm about to drive to that's I'm going to get killed at? What's up? Like, yeah. <laughs> I ask, hey, what's the best? I'll go into a bodega. What's the best thing in this bodega? I don't, I have no problem doing that. Yeah. You know what? That That's what that is. It is like, it's personality. Is the, guy, is the guy willing to ask directions or not? Yeah. And, I am. I don't care. It doesn't make me like, yeah. I mean, I guess, you know what? I guess back in the sixties, it was more of an ego thing Yeah. because now you just have your phone, you know? So it's like you, you don't, the only person you're asking directions is Google. Right. I I realized once I asked the question, I was like, how the fuck could you get lost these days? You literally have a, uh, uh, not only do you have a map in your pocket, you have a map that talks to you and says go here (laughs) yeah and also talks to the world yeah yeah yeah. so i guess it does it tells you whether if there's traffic or not like i mean it seems pretty impossible you have to be a real fucking idiot to get lost these days you know um i should have just been like i'll kill myself and it's like okay that's good (laughs) ah so dylan uh he likes the easy way out (laughs) um uh if you could invite anyone to dinner who would it be and what would you talk about damn um anyone to dinner dead uh, dead I, i'm gonna anyone I'm yeah going, let's say dead or let's play the game dead or alive because no but i was gonna say i'm gonna make it alive because dead makes it so much uh more difficult yeah but um i fuck they're like because i'm going through you know like kurt vonnegut like Nietzsche, like all these different ph- like philosophers. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to, but I I honestly think I would maybe want someone from maybe like this is this is actually this might be this might be a cancelable answer. Fuck, I don't want to. I was gonna say like Stalin because like that's such a psycho person to be able to like meet them and talk to them could be kind of nuts yeah to get into like the mind of that horrible horrible mass murderer who killed so many more people than hitler by the way but everyone still says hitler is the worst guy Stalin yeah. killed like 50 million people um that's russia there's a lot of people yeah yeah <laughs> think about how much smaller germany is <laughs> maybe i'd say uh, maybe like richard feynman because he talks a lot about uh, he's a theoretical talks a lot about um like quarks and and uh, uh quantum physics and he his whole thing is like not even i get it so i think he'd be able to explain <laughs> it to me a little bit uh easier and um i feel like he'd have like just good ideas about a lot of other shit as well yeah, yeah. no celebrity fuck so i don't give a fuck about any celebrities none of that shit um Someone like there, or like maybe I don't know, like Genghis Khan from fucking the twelve hundreds, be like, hey, dude, like, what's with all the raping? Like, what's up with yeah, like yeah, that? Yeah, you know, yeah. yeah, someone like that, yeah. Because I, because if I'm having the dinner, I want to have, I want to have a paradigm shift in how I think about the world. Yeah. If I'm bringing this person to dinner, you know. You know what I've always thought is funny about that question. So, you and I, like, we're asking each other that question. Mm-hmm. And like we're we're we haven't really done anything like we're nobody. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. 
to think that like somebody like Stalin or who like whoever would be excited to sit down at dinner and talk to us like because that that's something that you never consider when you do this you're never like would this person oh, want to talk to me either yeah right it's just like, like it's sort why of did like you exhume my body and bring <laughs> yeah. me back to life you just always sort of assume <laughs> you assume that somebody's gonna like like you walk into the restaurant and the person sit at the table they're like Mike hey sit down yeah. <laughs> how you He's doing like, come drink with me <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. yeah 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 and then you're asking him all these questions about like their process. Like, why'd you do it, Joe? Why'd you, why'd you kill all those people? And he's like, well, I'll tell you, it was a cold winter. I started yeah, thinking, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. I got a little fucked up. What do you want? You know? Almost, I mean, dude, my dad doesn't even want to go to dinner with me. You think Joseph Stalin does? It's like, That's yeah, no, saying, no yeah. one's, no, they're not going to enjoy it. But you know what? In that fantasy, I don't know what's funnier, them wanting to be there or Actually, it's much funnier if he doesn't want to be there because, yeah. like, I don't want him to enjoy it. Yeah, but I'm right. gonna ask him anyway, <laughs> and then I'm gonna ask him really weird shit too. That's gonna make yeah. him like uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna be yeah. like, show me what it looks like when you come, and he's like, please, I don't want to. And I'm like, you're gonna show me right now. And then what does come? Do Tell me, yeah, come. what does come? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Stop asking <laughs> these questions. <laughs> I hate the this. The idea God. that Joseph Stalin wouldn't know what come is is so funny to me. <laughs> yeah. Come? Huh? Yeah, come. Yeah. <laughs> Um, all right. This is, next one's a fun one. If you could be a circus performer, what would your act be? Oh my God. Um, I'd be able to snap my fingers and get hard immediately. <laughs> I don't think that's, is that in the, the Ringling Brothers circus? It's not, it's, but it would be my trick. Being, <laughs> Come being, see the man who gets hard. Rock hard immediately. <laughs> that's what I would do. And then I would like be dunked. I would be like dunked in a tank of ice cold water. Like, yeah, and I'd still be able to do it. And it would break through the ice <laughs> like shit like that. That's what I would do. I would do that. That would be pretty amazing. <laughs> yeah, that would be awesome. That'd be really cool. Walking Kids would just be like, whoa, so hard. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so or, that, like, they're that, doing the ring stuff and they're, yeah. Or, so you know, the, the act is like, they go like this. Yeah. One side is my dick and the other side is like a pole, and they're holding on to it. Yeah. So you would do all of the things in the circus, but the whole, the really the trick is that you're hard the entire hard. time and you stay hard. Yeah. So you're on the, yeah. you're on the trapeze and, and your dick is just swinging in the air and people swinging. are like, yeah. how swinging. amazing is this? That well, he's doing the trapeze and he's it's, rock hard. It's not swinging. It's so erect that it is another limb that doesn't move. <laughs> So people are just kind of impressed. Yeah. yeah they're, like, they're just thinking, wow, he's so hard the entire yeah. time. Yeah, and then all of the I other want. people doing the trapeze yeah. with you are like, they're like, oh my God, yeah. it's hard enough yeah. that I have to swing and not get yeah, hit yeah, by yeah. this giant cock. Yeah, exactly. There's nothing <laughs> sexual about it. And it would just, and then every day I'd be like, people know I can get it up. That's what I, I would go to sleep thinking that. That's what it would be. I love that. That yeah. That's a better answer than I could have ever expected. <laughs> Ladies, uh, Ladies. This is, listen, hey, um, <laughs> Okay, uh, a cashier gives you too much money back. What do you do? Oh man, depends how down in the dumps I am. Okay, um, I'll say now because I'm really trying to be good about sticking to my word and having integrity. I give them the I give them the money back. Mm -hmm. That's what I'll do. Um, I think when they give you too much money, you go like, "Yeah, you gave me too much." But sometimes if they don't charge you enough and you realize you're like, oh, you didn't charge them for guac, but I'm not going to say anything. It's yeah. Like, it's different though. But yeah, you got to give it back. You know, if I'm getting in a relationship, I'm going to be more, have more moral. 
Polls, I'm going to give it back. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but in this in Ladies, this hot Jesus. summer that's yeah. coming, you're you're no yeah. morals, Dylan. <laughs> oh no, I'm stealing so much this summer. <laughs> yeah. Bad boy. Nonstop. Yeah. I think it also it's got to the thing that's also got to make a difference is that there's if it's a if it's like a mom and pop, you always got to give it back. But of if course. it's like if it's Walgreens, Chipotle or yeah, CVS yeah, yeah, yeah. or something like yes, if it's a bodega, the, the guy corporation, you brother, you're like, I'm going to give you the money back. Yeah. Right. But if it's Walgreens right. or CVS, fuck off. Yeah. 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 You're overcharging so, me. Yeah. For this, uh, you know, Pedialyte. So I'm yeah. going to take the money. Yeah. <laughs> Pedialyte. Great. Yeah. Um, OK. Last one. And then we'll get to our next game. Um, nice layup. Do you want right. children in the future? Yes. Okay. Piece I want uh think I want two boys and a girl. Okay. Well, about, I don't know yeah. that you get the choice, but that's good to know that you're thinking. Well, <laughs> hey, dude, I'm I'm adding to it, all right? I'm adding a little <laughs> it's a question. Uh, this you're is right. question 10. I just added 10A. What's the gender? You're right. Yeah. You did. You really Actually, yeah, you no, souped one it up. boy, one girl, one trans, okay? I want to have <laughs> yeah, I want to have it all. Yeah. You're a professive guy. For that. Yeah. All right, ladies. Well, listen, you got uh, an inside scoop into the mind of Dylan Palladino. Uh, now, when you go on a date with him, you don't even have to talk to him. Just go right to the sex. Exactly. I, you we've just had the date. About me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Honestly, no. Come to the come to the date with all of these questions for you answered. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Right. And then right. As, as you order, I'll look over your answers. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. And then it's just like you have a half hour date. Just yes. cut to it. Get right Damn, to the we're to good, business. Dude. Yeah, we all got stuff to do. Let's do that. Yeah, it's gonna be a crazy summer. Uh, speaking of which, that brings us to our, our second game. Um, okay. At the time we're recording this, the uh, CDC announced uh, yesterday that if you're mm-hmm. fully vaccinated, you can go outside and you can go indoors without a mask. Uh, yes. pre- pretty much, you're you're good to roll the dice again. Might yep. be premature. Uh, who knows? But uh, are you fully vaxxed, Dylan? Tuesday, I will be. Okay, so by the time yes. this comes out, Dylan will be fully fully I'll vaxxed. Be fully vaxxed. Now we've changed our behavior over the last year and change um, mm-hmm. things that we did before the pandemic. Um, there's some things that might not come back, and I wanted to get your opinion on some things that um, might be gone forever. Would you, okay. Dylan Palladino, do once things really solidify to be they're normal again? Um, things that might have gonna- been. Go ahead. This is just going to show how much of an earthworm I am because the answer is just going to be yes for everything. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. All right. Let's start. Uh, post-pandemic, will you ever eat at a buffet again? Oh. Yeah, yeah. It depends yeah? how hungry I am. I mean, I don't even know the last time I've eaten at a buffet, but if you're in the South, you're probably going to eat at a buffet. Got to, yeah. Um. Well, does buffet count? Like, does the hot food places at Whole Foods count as that? Because that's sort of what I was thinking. I was thinking when I when I put it on the paper uh, in my mind, I was thinking like the bodegas with the hot food, where they just leave the food out for hours, and you're just kind of like, "This looks good." <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll eat it. I'll eat it. I'll eat it. <laughs> wow, I don't, yeah. I don't think I'm there, man. I just kind of can't it. imagine, like knowing how disgusting everybody is. It's one of these mm-hmm. things where I just like I sit there and I think about it. And I'm just like, we have these viral diseases now. Like, how bad do I want these ribs? You know, well, here's I, I how just I don't think know. About it. Like. Everyone goes, oh, it's on the food. It's also in the air that you're breathing everywhere. 
It's true. Like, that's where my brain goes. So it's like, oh, okay. So you think the person that just breathed out typhoid, it just got on the ribs and isn't already on your face. But Dylan, like, think about the pigs at a buffet. Yeah, there are. Because you've got to think about the clientele. Like it's You're not, right. we're not going to like, uh, okay, you know. I'm going to the buffet 10 a.m. when it opens and then, but not okay. at 2 p.m. <laughs> All I'm right. Not, okay. I'm not going to a buffet that's closing. Okay. okay if got they it. say buffet's closing in 30 minutes, you're not going to see me there. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe yeah. hit 7 Eleven or something else. Yeah. 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 <laughs> All right. Uh, are you hesitant about squeezing into a packed elevator? Ooh. And I mean squeezing like packed. shoulder to shoulder. Yeah. yeah. Well, lucky for me, my head is usually above everyone. So okay. I'm a little, I'm a little bit of luck with that. Yeah. But. Yeah, I might wait and go. I'll take the next one. Mainly because I also don't want other people. Like, I might think this might make comfortable. Now, you stop yourself from doing things because you go like, oh, someone might be weird about this. So, right. yeah, I'll wait for the next one. Or take the stairs. Okay. Um, shake hands with somebody you just met. Any qualms about that? No, I'll do that. We're going to be opening doors and shit like... Yeah. T- touching money, going, you know, uh, using the air dryer in bathrooms, which someone just showed me a video where it's like that just takes all the shit from the air in the bathroom and puts it back in your hands. So it's right. like, so it's like, yeah, I don't have any problem with that. Be washing your hands more, but yeah. Okay. Um, would you smoke a stranger's joint or cigarette or, you know, bum, uh, like split a cigarette to somebody? Stranger. Somebody's like, Dylan, I got some weed, bro. What up? No, but weed maybe because if the weed is being offered, you're probably already intoxicated. So you're going to make bad decisions. Okay. So so you're thinking, you're thinking drunk Dylan. I'll probably do it. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) If I really don't know the guy, you know what? Maybe I won't because I'm like, I don't know what this is. Yeah. But then again, you know, at Burning Man, I'm like, yeah, bro, give it. Yeah. Okay. I expect to get COVID 2022 at Burning Man. Like, I'm already expecting that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, would you share a uh, drink with a friend? Same straw, yeah. same glass. Not same straw, but same glass. Yeah. Okay. I'll take a sip. Yeah. Take a sip. Okay. Um, so this is, a, this is a future question. Once you have a kid, would you let them play in a ball pit? Yeah, I don't think so. That shit's fucking gross. Right. Yeah. It's amazing that they let us used to do that. And also, like, the only place ball pits are at are, like, McDonald's. And I always just feel like wherever there's a ball pit, there is some guy jacking off, like, (laughs) within 20 feet. And I don't know where he is. And, you know, now he might have, like, some kind of webcam set up. So, yeah, Yeah. I don't want that. No. No ball pit. No ball pit. You're going to get fucking conjunctivitis from the bottom. I don't want that shit. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Uh, Next one. Um, Any reservations about going to a music festival? Oh no, dude! I'm I'm going for sure. <laughs> you have yeah, one in mind? I'm a, I'm a music festival. I'm, uh, I mean, one of my friends works in the music industry, so like sometimes some of his clients will go. Mm-hmm. Um, but like for a while, my friends and I would all because we have friends in the West Coast and East Coast, we would all like m- like do Coachella every couple of years. It sounds so, but it is like a great music festival, and it's yeah. a great. And we also like had a great house there, so we would have a, a real good time. So I'll probably go there once. Um, I honestly would like to go to Burning Man. I do want to do that. Yeah. And then all the other ones aren't really that interesting to me. Like 
if a really great opportunity showed up. Uh, but I mean, I'm, I'm also getting a little too old to go to them all the time. So it's yeah. kind of like they, they, they've met to where it's like, because of the, but the thing is with the, with the vaccinations and everyone like requiring to get a vaccine, like I, I wouldn't feel unsafe there. Right. Okay. Yeah. So it has less to do with the actual crowd and more to yeah. do with because you're uh, outside too. If you were like existential crisis, a lot, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if I'm like going to like hardcore raves in Berlin, you know, maybe I'll like gargle, uh, gargle, gargle some hand sanitizer before and after. But besides <laughs> that, yeah, I'm good. Okay. Uh, last two. This is a big one, uh, and I don't know if I, I don't know what your lifestyle is like, but would you ever swim in a public public pool again? I public pools are so fucking gross. Yeah, but um, we used to. Do, I don't listen I, again. I don't know how you were raised, but we used look, to swim I'm at the Elks Lodge. On them. Go ahead. When you're, well, <laughs> it is disgusting. You're just like so damn strong. You're young. Your immune system's so goddamn strong. You can take anything. Yeah. Uh, and if that's the only pool you have access to, again, it's like go for it. Yeah. But. I don't I also don't love pool I'm like pools are fine yeah uh I mean if they're there yeah I'll go, but I'm, I'm never going to a public pool let's put it that way yeah. And yeah yeah I don't think I'm gonna be in water parks uh the only time I could see myself going in one of those wave disgusting wave pools is um like if I have a kid and he or she wants to go in yeah but I will say everyone's grossed out by it and there is it is half pee, but they throw so much fucking shock and chlorine in there. Yeah. Uh, I you know, I think it just like every time you go in there, you're a shade lighter, your skin is just getting bleached. So like you're gonna be okay no matter what. Uh but it is just gross to think about. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I'm with you. I, I think I actually I, I was talking to somebody about uh um public pool yesterday and it brought back all these memories of just how disgusting even just like when the water when you like do that wrong swallow and you're just like, uh, like yeah, it's just, yeah, yeah. there's leaves in it. It's just disgusting. It's so gross, dude. Ugh. And you, and you know, a kid is shitting there in the past month. Yeah. Like, without oh a yeah, doubt. for sure. Or bled or, yeah. or some yeah. awful, awful. Um, last one. This is a big one. This one hits close to my heart. Uh, do you have any reservations about getting samples from Costco? No way, man. Get to do it, dude. Free food over health. Oh, you get a little lunch. <laughs> if something's free, yeah, I'm, I'm getting it. I mean, I don't have a Costco close to me, but like, I will. If someone's offering, if anything is on a toothpick, I'm eating it. Yeah, I don't care. Yeah, you can breathe. Yeah, I'm eating it, dude. Because the free <laughs> outweighs the potential. And then after a certain, you're, after a certain level, you're like, well, I'm actually helping my immune system. You know how you like talk yourself into it? You're like, yeah, I'm yeah. helping my immune system now. By you know licking this doorknob, so right? It's like, right. Yeah. 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 I'll, I'll, it's like I'll letting somebody on the subway samples. spit in your mouth. You're like, oh, come exactly. on! I, I don't want to like, get sick this, this is, winter. This is good for me. Yeah, that's part of my morning routine. I go to the subway <laughs> and I have a guy spit in my face, and I go, "Thank you so much for Im- Im- improving my adaptive immune system." Yeah, thank you. <laughs> all right, that's that's the end. That's all we yeah. got. Um, I love Dylan, it. you have been very gracious with your time, and I really appreciate it. Thanks Please for having me, man. Plug whatever you would like. Uh, I mean, you guys, if you just, in the beginning, he said my Instagram, you follow me on there. That's ba- I'll be posting everything I'm doing, all the content I'm putting out. Um, follow me there. 
you can follow me on TikTok too. It's going to be the same videos you see. Actually, there'll be more videos on TikTok than on Instagram. And uh, listen to the podcast with me and my cousin Lily. We're all psychos. It's great. You know, if, if you, ladies, if you got a hinge profile or a dating app profile that you want Lily and I to look over, because we will give it at least 10 minutes and we'll, we'll give you some give you give you some advice for what you're looking for and maybe the kind of guys that you're getting from it just shoot me a dm with the screen record of it okay yeah that's that's the move there you go that's gonna do it for us dylan again thank you for being here man thanks so much mike uh listeners do everything that you're supposed to do go rate review subscribe tell a friend yes do good get crazy post the post the the episode on your instagram stories any little bit helps us i have to pay ronnie and i mean there's just you know there's no way around this we we need to make some money here so we appreciate you listening i'm at my money (laughs) we need some money i'm at mike coscarelli uh on instagram and all social platforms you can find ronnie at ronnie side on instagram you can email the show coscrules at gmail.com that's c-o-s-c-r-u-l-e-s at gmail.com and until next week we'll see you soon take care don't get covid goodbye (laughs) mike coscarelli rules is hosted by mike coscarelli Executive producer, Mike Coscarelli. Supervising producer, Mike Coscarelli. Associate producer, Ronnie Side. Edited by Mike Coscarelli. Sound design by Mike Coscarelli. Podcast and social artwork by Chris Cheney. Special thanks to all the losers and the haters.